Hello, everyone, and then welcome to this um, webinar. I'm Francis Seeley from Global Net 21 and Enfield Voices, and this is one of our regular webinars. And here we're going to look at an interesting project, an innovative project, which is trying to bring art and community together. And it's one in Edmonton run by Artist Hive Studios. And we've got two people who started that um, venture, very brave of them, um, a couple of years ago, I think, but they'll tell us that. And it's Chantelle Purcell and Mark Beatty. Now, I'm going to ask you both, first of all, very briefly, really briefly, to tell us something about yourself and your background so we can get some idea of, you know, what brings you to the space you are today in doing what you do. So can we begin with you, Chantelle? Yeah, sure. Um, hi, everyone. Um, I'm Chantelle. Um, I work as a um, sort of curator. Um, Mark and I met on our master's course at Kingston University, um, where we sort of um, collaborated on various exhibitions and projects. Um, and it wasn't until two years ago that we co-founded uh, Artist Life Studios, which is in Upper Edmonton. Okay, Mark, what about you? Hi, everyone. <clears throat> I'm Mark Beattie, um, sculptor and co-founder of Artist Hive Studios. Um, so I graduated 10 years ago um, and have been making and exhibiting sculptures since. Um, have collectors throughout Europe and America. Um, yes, as Shan said, we met on our MA um, just under 10 years ago in Kingston. Um, and yeah, have since started Artist Hive Studios on uh, Pretoria Road North. Okay, so Chantal, Artist Hive Studios, what is it? Tell us what you do there. So um, we're based on Pretoria Road North. We're a um, <clears throat> community hub um, and a studios. Um, what we wanted um, from the original um, sort of model um, was something that was beyond uh, a traditional sort of studio space. Um, so one where we could really think about community and communal spaces where the artists could come and sort of share in new ideas. Um, so at the heart of it is very much about sort of workshops and bringing um, art closer to the community. Um, and at the moment we have 15 practitioners based there, all from different disciplines. Um, so painting, printmaking, through to sort of sculpture. Um, so uh, yeah. Okay, and Chantal, you, you say in, in your, your website that you want to bridge the gap between culture and community. What's the gap that you really want to, to bridge? Yeah, for us, I mean, I've been working in the art industry for um, over 10 years now um, in the gallery sector. And so for me, it's really about making art accessible um, to the everyday public. Um, so really sort of um, thinking about bridging the gap through educational um, sort of outreach um, models and programs um, that we can sort of implement in. Um, so our space is very much driven by being um, sort of really inclusive and open um, for everyone to sort of drop in and um, be able to sort of work on sort of uh, paintings and pieces and workshops um, throughout. So it's really about accessibility, I think. So Mark, it's open, inclusive space um, for artists to work in. So is it for artists really who don't have space of their own? You're like a, a hot desk, an artist's hot desk where people can come and find a space. We've got um, a full range, actually. We've got um, self-enclosed studios. Uh, we've got 13 self-contained studios across two floors. 
but we're also um, using our communal area for hot desking. Um, we're going to be providing art desks by the end of April. And that will be a case by case where people can come in and use it for a few hours. Um, they'll have a locker and they'll be able to clear their things away at the end of the day. But the important thing is that people are, you know, not necessarily that people that don't want to work from home can come to a creative environment um, and be surrounded by other creatives, um, do a few hours work. And it really, you know, inspires you to be surrounded by other artists from a full range of disciplines as well. As Shan said, you know, we've got painters and sculptors and printmakers and actually the crossover between all those disciplines is something that's quite special as a sculptor myself, um, I've noticed how other disciplines have started to have an effect on my own practice, um, which is something that's really exciting and I didn't realise would would happen as part of the hive. Well, yeah, I mean, the cross-fertilisation of ideas mm. is, is really important. And you say you have hot desks, but Chantel, you have places where people can perform as well, don't you? You also do, you do dance and dramatic arts and things like that as well. Yeah, so we've got um, a large communal area. So um, prior to, to lockdown and the pandemic, um, we were using the space to very much uh, hold evening classes. Um, it could be life drawing, exploring um, movement and um, the body um, and dance. Um, so yeah, so we're really sort of keen on this idea of providing a space for mixed arts um, across all the different spectrum. Um, so yeah, so very much uh, wanting to use it as an exhibition space as well. Um, so we had a couple of exhibitions um, prior to, and we were also part of, um, we held a poetry uh, slam uh, event and workshop um, last year for Enfield Council as well. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're very much wanting to use it as a test space um, for artists and creatives to uh, try out new, new ideas and showcase their works in new ways. Well, that must be, you know, really exciting for you to see the artists come in, develop ideas, develop projects and find in themselves something they probably didn't know they had. And that has got to be really encouraging. Maybe beginning with you, Mark, you could give us one example of an artist you work with that you would like to, you know, illustrate to us or showcase to us because you think it's quite special. Yeah, of course. Um, so we've got a few recent graduates um, in the studio. Um, Renin, who's on our website, springs to mind. Um, she graduated from Brighton University um, two years ago now, maybe. And it's been really fantastic to see how she's experimented. Um, she, when she first joined us, she had produced huge paintings um, and then you know, moving back to London, she realised that, you know, it might not be possible to paint at that scale and be sustainable. So it was quite interesting to see how she adapted her style to make them more accessible. Um, and now we're really pleased that she's using our communal area to, to go large again and to have that space and opportunity to experiment at um, a number of different scales has been really quite special to watch how she's developed over the last year um, and grown in confidence as well. I think um, an aspect that Chantelle and I didn't realise would be so rewarding is the mentoring aspect of having artists in there from um, recent graduates right through to more established artists, but 
the sharing of knowledge um, and contacts. You know, someone might have a really good framer that they use and then they recommend it to someone else or, um, you know, an artist material shop that they should be using. Um, so that's been that's been really great for Shan and I to, to witness um, and participate in. Um, it's been great to support people. And Chantal, do you have an example that's really sort of, uh, you know, affected you and you thought was really, really great? Uh, in terms of artists, um, yeah, um, I would say it's been really amazing actually seeing um, some of our artists focusing on public realm projects. Um, so last year when we were in lockdown, we couldn't open up the space as usual. We started to think about how we could transform um, the public realm uh, in, in new ways and bring art to, to, to the public and to the street. Um, so there's a really fantastic artist called King um, and he has got really sort of um, graphic sort of sensibility. He's studying at Central St. Martins at the moment. Um, and it's really interesting to see how he infuses his works with um, colour um, and a sense of sort of identity as well um, and yeah he's got a piece that is on Four Street at the moment um, which is a real celebration of um, you know sort of figurative sort of elements and sort of urban context but also sort of his cultural heritage as well. So is that sort of um, you know a mural or something that's in the public space um, is that something that you do a lot of and that you encourage Chantel? Yeah, it's something that we're looking to get um, more involved in. Um, we really believe that um, meanwhile interventions can have a really positive impact if done um, sort of correctly. Um, and it gives our artists uh, a new ways in which to sort of showcase their works as well. Um, so it could be anything from uh, sort of mural um, or crossings or thinking about sort of pop-up spaces in which we can sort of use um, in a way that sort of promotes engagement um, and interactivity. So connecting arts and placemaking is something that we're looking to do more, more of. And how, Chantel, when, when, you, when you're doing that, do you support them? What support can you give? Um, so a huge part of our ethos is um, ensuring artists get paid for their work. Um, so um, quite often working uh, via a sort of open call um, sort of method um, where we keep the sort of opportunity as inclusive as possible um, and then ensuring that the artist is commissioned um, for their works. I think that's a key part um, to making sure that um, the opportunity is sustainable for artists. Um, and I say another sort of uh, key part is sort of ensuring that we can offer our expertise of working with various sort of suppliers um, and fabricators, which Mark and I have kind of built up a sort of knowledge base over the years that we've been working in the industry. Um, so we, we very much sort of um, work to sort of guide and facilitate that proce process and offer our expertise as well. Okay, and you also, don't you, Mark, have an Edmonton Crossing project. Tell us about that, because I know that those sort of projects have created some sort of controversy by people who like the old zebra crossings, but tell us what you've done and the reaction you've had to it. Yeah, ours was based on um, the heritage of the area and industries that are in the area, um, of Edmonton in particular. And um, it's on 4th Street, just near the, the library. So we do encourage people to 
go and have a look at that. Um, and there's actually a QR code that you can scan on the crossing that will take you to a blog post on our website that explains a lot more about the artwork. But it's um, about colour TVs, which were uh, manufactured in the area, um, some of the first colour TVs. And yeah, the response has been even just the day after it was installed, um, when we we met the deputy councillor, Ian Barnes, there. Um, it, it was great, you know, just to see the locals taking pictures of it, wondering what was happening. Yes, you know, change is going to um, cause a bit of controversy and not everyone's going to be keen for change. But I think um, a splash of colour um, and something different in that area is, is essential. Um, and art is supposed to stir debate. Um, you know, it got people talking. It stopped people in their tracks. They were taking pictures. Um, kids were interacting with it. And I, I just think it, it was a fantastic project to be involved with. Um, I know that there are a number of crossings throughout Enfield. Um, and yeah, we were really, really honoured to be invited. I suppose it's what some people would call disruptive innovation because it makes people really think and talk, as you say. Um, but also, I mean, I, I noticed from your site as well, you think that art has a great therapeutic value in terms of helping people who are suffering, especially in time this time of COVID, from mental health problems. Chantal, is that something you've seen happening and have you seen art as being a way of therapy for them? Yeah, I would definitely say it, it can be um, a way or a method for um, sort of therapy. Um, I believe that art sort of offers an escape. It also has the sort of possibility to sort of bring people together. Um, and we found from our workshops um, that we've run before, so we, we've run some embroidery, embroidery classes. And for that day, um, the people that took part in it they were able to sort of really be engaged in a process of sort of making and creativity, uh, which offers a, a sort of an escape from the everyday. Um, so I think focusing more on sort of education and um, the arts um, in terms of uh, that therapy, I think is, is really intriguing for us um, and something that we will definitely um, start to explore more, more of. Also, I mean, Mark, you most of your people tend to be young people, do they? Or do you have older people as well? As well? I mean, no. do, you, do you get engaged in intergenerational work at all? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, art and creativity should be for everyone. Um, we have a full range of, of creatives in the studio um, from uh, students that are BA students, so they're 19, 20, right through to a retired um, practitioner that designer, um, incredible creative, um, Haren, who has been a lecturer. Um, and I don't think he'd mind me saying that he's in his seventies. So, you know, we have a full range and then it, it's not just the creatives that are in the studio on a day-to-day -day basis, but also the creatives that are coming in that, um, take part in the, in the art classes and the workshops. Um, so Shan mentioned the embroidery workshop in January, 2020, and that, that was fantastic. You know, we had, um, 15 women that were there and they must have ranged from all, all generations but coming together um, for that one day to um, participate in the same activity and really bonding um, and again it is that escapism for some um, it's that community um, it's finding a club and that's something that we're really looking forward to 
um, promoting when we are able to open up again, um, starting life drawing classes and workshops, because the reason that we've got such a large communal space and we chose to keep it open was to make sure we could get the community in and bring people together. Yeah. I can tell you, Mark, there's nothing wrong with being in your 70s. I can tell you that. No, absolutely sure. not. <laughs> um, but I mean, you're in Edmonton. And Edmonton is quite a deprived area in a way. There's overcrowding, there's quite a bit of homelessness, there's a lot of food back at bag activity, um, there's overcrowding. Um, it's, it's, it's an area where there are some huge problems. And um, you say that you want to reach out to the vulnerable and the isolated Chantel. I mean, how do you do that? I mean, do they just come to you or do you, you know, positively engage them? How do you go out and find those people who you think will benefit from, you know, the work that you do because they're in an area like, like Edmonton. Yeah. I mean, there are a number of ways um, that we do that um, by sort of listings, reaching out to um, sort of groups that are in the area um, and really sort of uh, opening up what it is that we do um, and that space as well. I think um, we last year, a big part of what we started to do is work with um, React, um, who are just fantastic kind of um, community kind of uh, group and collective that are all about sort of transformational sort of change within the area um, to think of ways in which we could start to um, become even more sort of inclusive and sort of reach out to a wider sort of audience. So I think the ways in which we do that is really by co-collaboration um, and really coming up with sort of projects that um, can be produced with the community in mind. Um, so we're not sort of trying to um, push things that are not relevant to the area. And I think another way as well, in terms of thinking about our area, we've actually started to um, sign up to the Kickstart scheme. Um, so we're really fortunate to um, actually be taking on two to uh, candidates uh, for that, which is such a fantastic scheme in terms of thinking about um, providing opportunities um, for, uh, for those that are un unemployed within the area, um, but also that access into the arts. Um, so yes, there are different ways in uh, of how we're trying to do that, but I think co-creation and collaboration are part of, of that, I think. Yeah, I mean, React is a very good organisation. We did a, a webinar with them a while ago, so I, I, I know what they do and, and the work that they do. Um, I mean, you've got problems now because of COVID, I know, and, and you know, you can't get the people together in the way that you would like to or are used to, but you have sort of taken advantage of that and tried to develop a project, haven't you, around developing resilience. Can you tell us about that, Mark? Um, I Think are you referring to the online classes that we created in in the first lockdown? Maybe yeah. from studio lockdown, maybe as well. Yeah, so we had we during the first lockdown we actually ran a number of projects. Early on in the lockdown, we realised that with homeschooling um, and various other things, it was important for people to have creativity to almost um, as a cathartic process to block out the you know the chaos in the outside world so we put on um, a series of free workshops um, from artists and they are on our website um, so we encourage people to go on there um, and look at those but we later on in the lockdown we realized that there was a lot of artwork that was being made that was relevant to that time 
Um, so we started a new Instagram page, which was um, from Studio Lockdown. And that was to promote artwork specifically made in lockdown and to document those pieces of work in that moment in time. Uh, and that snowballed, really. It really took off. Um, and it's now we developed an art prize um, from Studio Lockdown Art Prize. Um, so we've got 17 shortlisted artists and we've got um, three winners, first place, second place and third place. Um, and we're now working with Enfield Council to arrange a public exhibition of these artworks um, around uh, the borough, which we're really excited about. And when we're allowed, um, we'll be putting on an exhibition of um, those artists. And again, it ranges from um, photography to sculpture um, and prints. And it was, it was really great to see the range of works that were being produced. And again, that shift in an artist's work maybe and how their work was directly impacted um, by the pandemic and the lockdown. Um, the fact that, you know, in the first lockdown, I couldn't get to the studio myself um so to stay creative I started drawing and that was the first time I'd drawn in eight years so you know that was just one artist but to see that all the people that were hashtagging our page and tagging us on Instagram um it's fantastic so yeah I would definitely head on there and and check that out it's, um, from studio lockdown okay I mean the problems that you faced in COVID um, you, you, we don't know when they'll end. COVID, COVID may be with us for some time, but there's another issue that will be with us right the way through our lives, and that's climate change. It's going to go, get worse. It's going to affect people. It's going to create, create problems for their mental health. I did a, a, a webinar some time ago with a lady who worked with the United Nations and others about using art to express people's concerns about their future especially young people the anxieties they had over what their future will be because of climate change have you Chantel given any thought to how you might do that through your project yeah so we've actually uh, launched a project um, which is a community makers yard on Space Hive um, with the um, Mayor of London uh, project ideas um, so it's the Make London Fund um, and it's a way for us to one sort of transform an outdoor yard into a fully functional maker's yard to uh, widen our reach of possible sort of creatives that we can work with. Um, so the yard will provide woodworking and metalworking facilities. Um, we will also have a whole program of educational um, uh, sort of workshops uh, programmed in for a year. Uh, so we'll have an on-site technician. And the whole idea on EFAS around the sort of maker's yard is focused on sustainability, um, upcycling, uh, perhaps an old furniture piece, um, and being able to get that sort of technical sort of support um, from a creative um, and a technician on site um, to make use of um, that furniture sort of piece as well. So um, that's a big part of our um, sort of program for that and we really like the idea of connecting what we do um, to the high street so thinking about a pop-up shop um, with donation spots where people can sort of leave discarded uh, sort of materials and they can be used throughout the program and throughout the workshops um, so we're really keen on thinking about um, you know how you use old and unwanted sort of materials um, and this idea of reuse as well. 
So that's a big focus for us. Yeah, that, I mean, that sounds really, really interesting. And, I, you know, I hope that works really well because that could be very, very successful. Seems to me what you're doing, Mark, is that you have this view about placemaking. It's very, very important for people to love the place they're in and for the place they're in to be the arena where they can display their ideas, their art, their public conversation and so on. It's a way you can bring people together. I mean, do you think that's really important? And we've been losing public space and having too much private space lately, and we need to make the public square more open again. Yeah, and I think it's more important now than it ever was, the fact that we've been so isolated for 12 months um, and I'm sure it will be longer there needs to be space for people to come back together um, and make those connections new connections and connecting with old family and friends as well Um, and I hope that our space on Pretoria Road North will become one of those hubs where people feel comfortable and they know that you don't have to be a professional artist to take part in workshops or life drawing classes just come and give it a go. Um, And I think, you know, you've seen throughout the pandemic that people have picked up hobbies, um, whether it's knitting, um, whether it's painting, drawing, um, and hopefully that continues um, beyond the various lockdowns. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, spaces for people to connect are essential and we are losing them. Um, And hopefully by our space becoming available and hopefully we'll um, be able to offer more facilities as the years go on. Um, We can slowly encourage people to connect. On your site, Chantelle, you've got this great ambitious statement, art can change the world. Um, I mean, I think it can change the world, but how do you think it changes the world? I mean, how do you think that art can make a change that very often can't be made in other ways? Um, I think, yeah, it's definitely um, (laughs) our perspective and um, a bold statement that we're working for um, and towards. Um, I think very much, for me anyway, um, being an artist, I think art really sort of allows a possibility to see the world in a different way. It also um, has the power to sort of bring people together. Ultimately, it's about sort of expression. Um, and any form of expression or communication, I think, is so great in terms of thinking about joy and, and how we make change um, collectively. Um, so I think it has a real sort of power, whether that be galleries or museums um, and being able to sort of um, archive, you know, historical sort of events and see it through a new perspective, um, whether it's um, studio spaces like ours and being able to actually connect with practitioners and learn new skills and tips. I think it really has a power to sort of change our view on the world um, and to also see it from a, a very different way. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel quite, <laughs> I, I'm quite strong about that one that we can definitely create some change and and sort of do things in a a new way as well. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it helps to change culture, culture, it's cultural change, it can do more than politics can do sometimes, I thought very often it can do more than politicians or politics can do. But, you know, what you said at the beginning, Mark, it's interesting that, you know, it's transformational for individuals as well, isn't it? It's not just changing the world, it's changing individuals because they get together, they learn from each other, they get, they, they spark ideas off each other. And that is invaluable isn't it in the work that you do yeah absolutely and I think you know art can change the world but if we can help one person in the community and you know slightly improve their life then fantastic you know we're doing it we're doing a great job um, and I think it's those micro changes that then go on to um, have a larger impact um, you know if we can get a group of people together to create something and have a great Saturday with doing a workshop, then they're all going home, going home and, you know, hopefully they're in a slightly better mood than they were at the start of the day. So it, it has such a positive impact. Um, and hopefully people have, have started to realise that with, you know, the galleries and museums closed and um, culture has kind of been cut, cut away from us for 12 months. And as it starts to open up, I think there's a there's definitely a hunger for that. Um, and hopefully, yeah, we all go back to the galleries and museums and appreciate them for what they offer us. And Chantal, how do you see your future in the next couple of years? Where would you like to be? <laughs> I think um, we definitely uh, want to sort of have maybe multiple sites. Um, so really sort of thinking about expanding our reach at the moment we we have a, a sort of waiting list of artists and practitioners for for our current site so so we know that we we need to think about new buildings um i think really thinking about the educational side for me um in terms of access and visibility um and how we can really bolt on new sort of workshops and programs and think about this idea of experience and um you know changing making small difference in people's lives as well. Um, yeah, I think, I think just continuing to do what we're doing um, and providing sort of supportive network for the creatives that we, that we work with. Well, you're certainly doing a great deal at the moment, which is, which is amazing. So, you know, if anybody wanted to find out more about you um, and what you do, where would they go, Chantelle? Uh, so we'd go to our website, um, which is artisthivestudios.com or our Instagram, artisthivestudios. Um, so yeah, those two, those two spaces. Okay, well, I hope people will visit those sites because I've seen some of the work you do um, on your site and it looks absolutely amazing. And I think it's a really, really worthwhile project. So I hope people will go there because, you know, it's, it's, it's about bringing the community to art and art to the community and doing it in an area which is a big challenge, but there are a lot of creative and talented people there. So, you know, you've got a, a reservoir of people that you can work with. Anyhow, I mean, thank you for doing it because I think it's been a great interview and it's been really interesting finding out what you're doing and what you plan to do. And I hope people will follow up and look at what you're doing and, um, you know, help you in joining and do what they can. So thanks both of you for joining us. Oh, thank and you. Thank you. Okay, and we'll um, stop this uh, interview now. Mm -hmm.